It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It is Easter weekend and it will most likely be the quietest one most of us have ever experienced. The good news is that Boris Johnson is now out of intensive care and his recovery continues. A loud cheer went up all around the country last night when that news was broken. Uh, And of course, that can only be great news for the country. He'll be back at the helm in Downing Street in no time. Meanwhile, the media is at it again, not content with fouling up the cabinet briefings. They are now getting carried away with themselves. The Daily Mail, not content with frightening everyone to death, about coronavirus has taken to attacking community secretary Robert Jenrick for travelling to his family home in Herefordshire and then, horror of horrors, delivering food and medicine to his elderly parents. What is wrong with these people? 0344 499 1000. Would you please stop trying to find fault with every single thing that anybody in the government is doing and actually become positive? Some people think because it's a bank holiday, they should take the day off. I was rather surprised today to see that it was very, very quiet on the roads. Now, tell me something. If all of these people who are travelling are essential workers, then how come they're not working on bank holiday? Do you not become essential on bank holiday weekend? Is that the thing? Today, we're asking you to help us, as ever, on what should be one of the busiest and biggest travelling days of the year. There should be barely anyone on the roads. But if you are out there because you have to be, please do let us know what you're seeing. The police were warning yesterday that there would be roadblocks in place to check people travelling to the West Country and specifically Cornwall. But we were also told yesterday about lots of cars rammed with families moving about up and down motorways as well. So if you are out there driving because you need to be driving because you're delivering stuff, because you're a lorry driver, we want to know what you're seeing. Call us and tell us what's happening. Because the big problem for me is that we're not really sure still how the police are going to be dealing with people. It seems to be up to various different constabularies as to how they treat essential workers, how they treat essential goods. I've seen a tweet already this morning from the Cambridge police saying that they were very pleased to see in Tesco's locally that the essential uh, shopping that people were doing was going very well and the non-essential items aisles were empty. Well, I'm sorry, what's that got to do with the police? 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we'll hear from Tim Loughton, Tory MP for East Worthy, a member of the Home Affairs Select Committee, because we want to hear from him exactly what information and what sort of uh, permission has been given to the police to prosecute the law this weekend. We'll bring a bit of godliness to the proceedings as well, because after all, uh, it is the biggest uh, holiday after Christmas in the Christian calendar. Uh, our homeschooling section today is all about physical education in the company of sports therapist Becky Adam. And because it's Friday, we will have a rousing episode of the Perrier Award 
Awards in the company of Marta Malagon, although uh, she's taken slightly against me this morning on account of a paella recipe which is doing the rounds on MG's Kitchen podcast, which is going to be out there tomorrow. Apparently, I've broken some kind of unwritten law uh, that involves chorizo. As ever, we're live streaming on YouTube, uh, Facebook and Twitter, so get on it. Watch us as well as listening to us. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, on the fastest growing radio station on the planet. It is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Before uh, we do anything else, let us, of course, uh, tell you that we need to hear from you. If you're out and about today, for whatever reason you are out and about, particularly if you're working because you have to be out and about, otherwise you should not be out and about. Let's talk to Katie Bourne, Police and Crime Commissioner for Sussex, Chair of the Association of Police and Crime Commissioners. Katie, very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. Hi, I was just talking to Tim Loughton there from the Home Affairs Select Committee, trying to kind of get a handle on precisely what the instructions have been to individual police officers, because I know that it's a rarity, and I know that uh, you'll tell me that mostly things are going well, but there are occasions where you see things that the police are, are, are saying and doing, which seem to me to be a little bit kind of contradictory. Mm. Yes. Was there anything in particular you had in mind? Um, well, for example, separate? Cambridge Police this morning put a tweet out saying that they've been visiting a local Tesco's and they're very glad to see that social distancing is being practised, but they're also very glad to see that the uh, the aisles containing non-essential items are empty. Now, I don't think that's any of their business, what is a non-essential item, and I think if you're going to Tesco's as an individual to buy food, if you want to buy an Easter egg or two or some, you know, garden furniture, for, for heaven's sake, or some charcoal, why shouldn't you be allowed to? I think the, the principle here is that you only make essential journeys, and so buying food is an essential journey. Um, you could argue if you're just going to buy garden furniture... It's not really essential, is it? Uh, food sources, though, Well, are. it might be if you've got a but, garden and nowhere to sit in. Well, possibly. But, but that's my know. point. You know, it's difficult yeah. to... You know, who's defining essential? Is it you or is it me? So let's say, if you're looking for loopholes in the law, I think you're kind of missing the point. The reason we're all doing this, why we're in this collective endeavour together, is to beat this virus so we can get back to work and get back to our normal lives. And, and it's also about protecting our vital NHS services. So we all understand why we're doing it. I think that's the important message. We do, that's true. However, how is it being policed? That's my point, because, you know, I will be going out later on this afternoon um, and I will be going to a supermarket to buy some food and some wine. Now, are you going to say to me, I shouldn't be doing that? No, I'm not going to tell you that at all, because um, many would argue that uh, some cheese and wine is probably an essential item. Well, I certainly would. At the moment. Um, no, what the policing, the policing method that we have in this country, we have a fantastic policing model. It is revered around the world and held up as the best in the world. And the whole model is based on the premise that the police police with the consent of the public. Yes. So they must maintain public confidence at all times. And the way they do that is to secure the willing cooperation of the public mm. to voluntarily observe the law. And that way they secure and maintain that confidence. So the whole policing style that is being adopted, certainly locally in Sussex, and this is nationally advised to all police forces, is that in the initial, um, uh, at first they engage with the public. They employ what they call the four E's. They engage with the public. They explain, officers explain to the members of the public why we're doing what we're doing. And then they encourage them to go home and comply of their own free will. 
only and only as a last resort will they enforce the law and use fines and so on to do it. So really the absolute, it's the three, is engage with the public, explain and educate. Yes. And the majority of the public are really good. They, they understand, they get it, and they will comply. Unfortunately, we saw obviously last weekend in Brighton, um, there was a couple on the beach, that the, the police officers engaged with that couple had the patience of complete saints. Um, and it is, you know, it is very unusual where you get a few people who will remonstrate constantly against the police. If that does then happen, the police are then entitled to enforce and, and enforce a fine on, on that individual or individuals. Yes, I get that. Is there, however, a kind of a guidebook, for example, that every member of the police force has been given uh, in order to make sure that they don't get a bit carried away? Like, for example, I don't know whether you've seen the video of a woman police officer in Rotherham who's on the front uh, doorstep of a, of a house telling people who are in the house that they can't use their own front garden. Right. Well, it, obviously, it's always good to look at the detail because the devil's in the detail of yeah. every situation. Um, but certainly there is a guidebook, yes. It's been um, written by the College of Policing and the National Police Chiefs Council. There are some very clear guidelines on the regulations on how the police should police this. Um, they adopt this four-phase approach, the four E's, as I've said, and they said what it, and on that approach, which you can see on the website, it also says what it means for the public. But I think, you know, the majority of police officers, don't forget, they are on the front line and putting themselves potentially in harm's way as well. And many of them aren't able to see their families because they're doing this to protect the NHS and protect all of us. Right. So I think, you know, what we are also seeing is that some members of the public who are behaving in the most vile and disgusting way mm. are spitting on officers. That is disgraceful. Then, I mean, I would lock is, people like that up for a yeah. very long time, to be honest. Well, and, and actually, it's really great to see that they are locking people up for this. So we had a guy a week before last who was jailed for 12 weeks for spitting on officers and claiming he had COVID-19. Um, and we will see more of that. So, so it's not being tolerated. That kind of behaviour is just not tolerated at all. But, you know, police officers, it's really, it's a hard time for them as well. They they are worried, rightly so. They're putting themselves out there every day. They're walking amongst people, obviously asking people to maintain a distance and so on. And it is, it is a tricky time for everybody. We're all under a lot of, of stress and pressure. But, you know, I think we all agree. We've done three weeks of this. We've yeah. come so far. Um, we are going to be judged by generations to come on how we behave. Yeah. And um, and I think, you know, the majority of the public has been brilliant and we've seen really, really good behaviour. But let's not give up now. And, and, you know, what we don't want to see is lots of people gathering in house parties yes. and that kind of stuff. Well, again, I mean, I looked out my window last night and I have no idea what was going on, but there were some people walking down the street dressed in little fancy dress, right? carrying what looked like a bag full of tins of lager. Um, I don't know where they were going. I don't know where they had been. And I just thought to myself, what on earth is, 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 is that all about? What is wrong with you? I mean, like I say, I mean, I have consistently and conspicuously hidden myself away. I, I have a house in Sussex where my children are with their mother, who I haven't seen for three weeks because I don't believe I should be going there. I'm in a flat in London on my own, uh, which is fine. I'm not asking for sympathy. But why can't everybody else just do that? Well, I, I agree with you, and the majority of people are, you know, that some of the sacrifices that are being made is really difficult for everybody, and some are, are without work, uh, they're not getting an income coming in, and, of course, others have paid the ultimate price with their lives, and their families are grieving. So, yes, the majority of people are are absolutely giving it 100%, and you will see the one or two 
foolish individuals who think that they're above the law. And in those instances, you know, the police will engage with them. They will try and explain to them. They will encourage them. But if they then continue to persist to flout the law, the police are left no option but to enforce. Yes. Um, and, Do they and have the power of arrest in, this, in these situations or is it just a fine? It is just a fine, although there are other, you know, often what, they, what we have found. So in Sussex, where uh, six penalty notices have been issued, um, it's not, they've not just been issued because somebody's breached these, these rules. They've actually um, also found other forms of criminality. So mm. there may be some drug dealing going okay. on as well. The people that tend to flout these laws tend to flout laws, period. Yes. You know, they're not just doing this. Well, that's always the problem, isn't it? I mean, criminals yeah. don't really adhere to the common good anyway in the first place. No, they don't. But the interesting thing is with the majority of us staying at home, the ones that are out and about are actually um, more conspicuous than ever before. Right. And we're seeing a, a few more people trying to flout the laws on the roads as well. So the police are going to be visibly patrolling, yeah. whether it's on foot, in communities, along our coastlines, in our you know beauty spot areas or in our villages. They'll also be out on the roads as well. So yeah. No, I think it's very, you know, one, one of the things I've noticed, which is bizarre, uh, just driving around London, because I'm driving in and out of work because I'm, I'm required to be in the studio because we live stream the show and we can't do that any other way. Um, people are just ignoring, you know, the, the traffic laws, like people driving through red lights, mm -hmm. not stopping at stop signs. It's almost as if they think, oh, well, there's nobody's going to do anything about it, so I'll just do what I want. Well, they may well think that nobody's going to do a thing about it, but actually there are more police in our communities than ever before. Um, at a time, and, and the majority of public are really supportive of the police approach. There was a, a national poll that came out last week that showed that, and certainly my local polling as well. But you know, be, be warned, everybody, police are around, and, mm. and they're there to do their job. They are catching criminals as well and being quite successful about it. So um, I think if anybody thinks they can, they can get out and flout the law... They want to be watching, looking over their shoulders because um, there's more police around than ever before at the moment. OK. Katie, thank you very much indeed. Katie Bourne, Police and Crime Commissioner for Sussex, Chair of the Association of Police and Crime Commissioners. If you are out and about because you need to be, because you are working, I'd love to hear from you. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk radio. And we do, of course, want to hear from you out there. If you are seeing anything that you think we should know about, if you're uh, looking around, if you are out and about on an essential journey, because it's the only kind of journey you should be on, but if you're working working as well and you're driving around in a lorry because uh, we had some calls yesterday from people saying they saw an awful lot of families in cars looking like they were going up and down motorways going on holiday which you shouldn't really be doing 0344 499 1000 is the number let's go and talk to simon calder now though because an awful lot of people would normally at this time of year be away on holiday many of you have had to cancel the holidays many of you are, t are hearing from airlines who are saying we can't give you a refund but we can postpone your trip and we can give you vouchers and we can give you uh, the ability to book it later on. Simon, uh, a very good uh, morning to you and welcome to Easter weekend. Uh, yes, good morning this Good Friday, Mike, and uh, you're quite right. There's huge amounts of confusion and concern among people who have booked holidays, particularly for Easter. Uh, they've had them cancelled inevitably because the government is saying do not travel anywhere abroad yes. indefinitely, and they're now wondering about their refund. Mm. Meanwhile, and there will be uh, some of your listeners listening to this will be great people working in the travel industry who've had an absolutely miserable few weeks. They've turned from organisations which send people away for great holidays into organisations which have to try to 
um, send out loads and loads of refunds at a time when everybody's working from home. Um, it's really difficult to arrange. And the cash flow, which is so important in travel because it's a very cash positive business, you hand over your money weeks, months, maybe even years ahead of the trip. Um, that isn't uh, doing anybody any favours. So a miserable time made worse, I must say, by some companies misrepresenting what their obligations are and confusing and upsetting people. Yes, because, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Some, I mean, we were hearing a lot of uh, uh, stories yesterday from various different people sending us tweets about uh, how they were being told that um, in an email, for example, your holiday, which begins on May the 1st, will still be going ahead. And, and they were confused by that, thinking, are they asking me to cancel it? And if I cancel yeah. it rather than they cancel it, does that make a difference? Right. Well, this is this is a kind of niche uh, <laughs> niche issue, but really important for a lot of people like me. I mean, I've got uh, uh, trips booked in May and the uh, invitation I am getting from lots of travel companies is, yeah. oh, we see you've got a booking in May. Um, we're going to let you postpone it without penalty. Aren't we marvellous? Okay. Obviously, you need to pay any difference in the cost of the one you book in September or early next year or whatever um, and I'm saying thanks so much that's really kind but actually I suspect what's going on here is that you know you're going to be cancelling yes. that particular flight that holiday but you're trying it on you want me to postpone it because then you'll get to keep effectively my biscuits in your tin yes and as a result of that um uh, you'll be you'll be laughing whereas if i just wait for another week or mm. two you will cancel it you will then owe me a full refund in cash right. and that's what i would like. so Thank so you. there is so there is a difference in in terms of who cancels what in other words because one of the yep. things that we also heard yesterday and and you'll you'll enjoy this one um was one company i can't remember who it was um were willing to take the cancellation uh, or even force you to cancel, but say, uh, I think somebody they were paying something like 999 quid per person for a holiday somewhere. Um, but when they reaffirmed it for the following year, they charged them, they were going to charge them an extra thousand pounds per oh, person. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, because they all, said, well, of course, it will be more expensive next year. Yeah, there's nothing actually wrong with, with companies inviting you to do that. I mean, you and I might look at the numbers and think, no, thanks very much. I'll take the money now. I'll keep it. Um, you know, these are tricky times for an awful lot of people, of mm. course. Um, and then if I want another holiday, then I'll shop around and I'll find the best value. I mean, restricting yourself to one particular organisation in any uh, competitive market is never a great idea. Right. And um, so you can choose to do it. And there's nothing wrong with them offering you the opportunity. But um, my advice is stand firm. If you have got a holiday book, certainly in the rest of um, April, probably up till mid-May, quite possibly till the end of May, then the overwhelming chances is that will not be going ahead. Mm. And so just wait for that to be cancelled, at which point you will then be able to uh, say, right, um, OK, I'd... Uh, I'd like my money back now and I'll take my time and see what's around and um, I'll commit in, in due course. Yes, and there does seem to be a very vast difference in experiences for different people depending on how much of a refund they get, whether they get all of it back, whether they, they get some of it withheld, depending upon, I suppose, individual cases, right? Uh, well, the, the law is absolutely clear. If you book a flight and the airline cancels it, you are due your money back in full within a week okay. of the date of the flight due to be going. If you, um, you're you booked a package holiday and that's cancelled, from the moment it's been cancelled, the travel firm has two weeks to give you back a full refund in cash. Now, don't get your hopes up. That deadline is being 
effectively ignored by pretty much everybody in travel. They are scrabbling to try and get the money back from airlines they've paid money to and so on. So you're not actually going to get it back in two weeks. And I don't expect any action to be taken against companies which are not giving it back. But what they absolutely can't do and the boss of ABTA, the Travel Association, this morning made it absolutely clear they cannot say, we don't owe you a cash refund. We've changed the rules or the rules have been changed. We just need to give you a voucher. That is simply misrepresentation. And um, ABTA say they will take action against any of their members who are um, uh, telling porkies, basically. Um, It's a difficult enough situation without all this malarkey. Well, exactly. And also, you don't want to have to be chasing people down and making phone calls and hanging about waiting. But if I can, um, uh, uh, Simon, let me ask you if you can take a call. There's a a lady called Dale on the line from Hull who's got a question for you. Dale, hi, good morning. Hi. How are you How doing? Are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. What's I'm your, fine, thank what's, you. What's your situation, yeah. Dale? Our, our situation is um, it's with Airbnb. My question to Simon is um, we've cancelled our villa with Airbnb. Um, on their advice, we got an email off them saying, yes, we could cancel and we could have a full refund. We went through the process, pressed the button, uh, suddenly it came up that, no, you were not entitled to a refund. Cut long story short, we've been through the whole process and we have now rebooked the villa, but we've gone through the host from a different company. My problem is at the moment, the service charge, which is 600 and something pounds, which Airbnb have got, they are now saying that we are not entitled to that back at all. Is that the case? Um, you know, when, when was the booking for, please, Dale? The booking, uh, Dale, the booking when was the... for, for August. Yeah, well, you're not going to... F- f- uh, f- forgive me, uh, Dale. I, I don't wish in any sense to sound harsh, but any holidays in July, August, September, um, nobody knows what the situation will be. Airbnb have been, I think, pretty fair. They've said everything up to uh, the end of May, you can cancel without penalty as long as you booked it before the 14th of March. After that, I'm afraid it's not unreasonable for any travel company to say kind of normal terms and conditions apply until we see what the situation is. So your de- your decision has very, very sadly meant that um, you are you're, you're cancelling according to their terms. That is costing you hundreds of pounds. I'm really sorry, but I can't see any way that but you should, can get that should, back. Should they, should they not have warned her that if they cancelled under those circumstances, that would have happened, though? Well, I, I, I think there's a good moral case for saying that, Mike. Certainly, yes. So, uh, by the way, you do realise that this isn't covered by our, our coronavirus guarantee and it's going to cost you hundreds of right. pounds. And ideally, that, that would have been said, certainly. But um, there, there isn't actually anything mm. I can see legally wrong with what they're doing, okay. I'm afraid, Dale. So, Dale, what, what do they claim that these service charges are actually for? I think it's just a service, like a booking oh. fee, a service charge. Yeah, that, that oh, they charge. Uh, uh, the thing that yeah, the I thing mean, that was is that we we were told that we could. We've got the email from them saying that we could have a full refund. We can cancel anything that we've paid. We will get a full refund. Then when we when we didn't get our money, we we then spoke back to Airbnb and we were told by one of their supervisors allegedly that um, well I'm sorry you've been given the wrong information. Um, so I agree. You know, perhaps you are right legally, but I think morally as well, we've been told we could get our money back and then suddenly we were not. Oh, oh, look, Dale, that, that changes everything, actually. If you've got something from them saying, don't worry, cancel without penalty, and you did, 
Well, that means cancel without penalty. You were acting on advice from the company. Yeah. Um, if they're changing their tune, well, I think you go back to them and just say that Mike and Simon said, uh, sorry, if you've sent out this email telling me I can do this without a penalty, it has to be without a penalty. Yeah, and, to tell them, and also tell them from me, Dale, otherwise I'm going to come after them. <laughs> okay, that's lovely. Look forward to it. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, thanks very much indeed. I got an interesting one. I, I see you mentioned that date of 18th of March because that's quite significant. I got this yesterday from my bank account people. They said, hello, we hope you're safe and well, which was their first mistake. As your account includes <sighs> travel insurance, we want to let you know that claims caused by coronavirus for new trips booked on or after the 18th of March are not mm. covered by your policy. So where did this 18th of March figure, you know, date come from suddenly? Uh, it's the day after the Foreign Office warned um, do not travel anywhere. Right. And they are being actually quite fair because they're, they're, they're it, it, I think the announcement was about 12.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. So um, yeah. therefore you might have booked it on the 17th of March. So that's why they're not saying that, uh, on the morning. Um, and But I think it's, it's not unreasonable. But don't worry about that, everybody, because the vast majority of kind of cancellation related claims that you might have for coronavirus are nothing to do with travel insurance. They're entirely uh, to do with your um, uh, travel provider. Yeah. And so travel insurance isn't relevant. Yes, there is an issue of what happens if I get ill with coronavirus yes. while I'm on holiday mm. um, and the insurer is going to say you're not covered. That is a concern, but you can avoid it by going to somewhere in the European Union because even though we're not here... Oh, oh. I'm so sorry. God bless you. Um, it's, it's the pollen, uh, yeah, I promise. Well, Nothing, you know, well, this is the trouble, isn't it? Because this is now pollen season and I've yeah. got members of my family who get quite badly affected by it, but but they're absolutely dead scared of sneezing in front of anyone, you know? Yeah, well, quite. Um, the, the, yeah, anyway, but look, um, so... Yeah, just to finish that point, the mm. European health insurance card still applies even though we're not in the EU. So from now until the rest of the year, if you're travelling somewhere in the EU or a, a few other places, so Iceland, Luxembourg, Norway yes. and um, plucky Liechtenstein, then you are still covered under their local health service. So that shouldn't be too okay. much of a concern. Now, a lot of people have been in touch with me about EasyJet and other companies as well, other airlines who are refusing to, say, refund money and will only offer vouchers and or, you know, an alternative flying date. What's the, what's the law on that? OK, right. Let me run through, the, first of all, the three big airlines that your lovely listeners will be dealing with. Yeah. British Airways and EasyJet are not refusing refunds. What they're doing is they've set up their website so that when you say, OK, you've cancelled, I'd like my money back, it goes straight through to a page which says, oh, have a future travel voucher. And can you believe you actually have to phone them up? They've disabled the online cash refund facility so you now have to phone them up which is annoying but you are going to get your money back Ryanair meanwhile who've been pretty good at giving refunds are now saying as from this morning um we can't actually give you your money back for three months. That's because all our staff are effectively in lockdown. We've got people working from home and we can't suddenly be sending out billions of pounds from their homes because obviously there, there's some security implications. Right. And, yeah, I, that, I think there's, there's a so fair it's, point So there. it's just a logistical point rather than saying well, you well, can't yeah, have the money but, back. But other, other airlines are just completely flouting the rules. Mm. Air France, KLM, Emirates saying, um, oh, yeah, um, you can only have a, a voucher. That's complete tosh. Uh, they know it's tosh under the um, uh, European package, uh, sorry, European 
air passenger rights rules as applied to the uh, deal when you booked it. Um, so they will have to give you your money back. They're just pretending they don't have to and um, uh, sadly, in some cases, getting away with it. No, quite. And finally, Simon, because um, I'm going to let you sneeze away uh, to yourself for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, what about people who might have friends or loved ones or children or whatever trapped in some foreign field where they can't get back at the moment? Well, I look, know that in some cases the British uh, government is talking about trying to sort of you know, get mercy flights out to them but but what, what's that, their situation it's a really good uh, time to mention this actually an awful lot of people tens of thousands are in uh, india at the moment right. uh, mostly people who've been visiting you know uh, friends and family there and while there have been flights from goa from delhi from mumbai yeah. um, there's a whole load of people telling me help i'm stuck in amritsar right. in chennai in right. calcutta in um, uh, all, all kinds of in um uh, uh, in Jammu and Kashmir. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck in all these places. How am I going to get out? Right. And the great news is there's been 12 new flights announced this morning by the Foreign Office. If you search online for FCO India, that will take you straight to all the details. So people are getting back and there are still plenty of planes flying. You have a look at um, Heathrow Airport this morning. Planes coming in from um, uh, from the Far East, planes coming in from the US and from uh, a dozen different cities around Europe. OK, brilliant stuff. Simon, have a great weekend. Thank you very much indeed. Simon Calder, travel editor at The Independent, uh, giving us the lowdown there on basically all of the problems that you may be having with travel companies. Make sure you stick it to them. Make sure you don't accept uh, their first answer if they're trying to do you over if they're trying to not give you a full refund by all means get in touch with us by all means uh, send us a tweet uh, send us a text send us an email and we will try and uh, get that answered for you uh, but by the sounds of it uh, if you have had a holiday that you've had to cancel you should be getting a full refund it's as simple as that when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are now at the point at which we have hit 12.30, which is, of course, the time when we do homeschooling. We've had some great uh, homeschooling experts on. We've had uh, an ancient Egyptian expert on from the British Museum yesterday. Carol Vorderman's been on doing maths with us. Uh, we had Susie Dent doing Dictionary Talk Corner. We've had James Max doing gardening. Uh, Greg Smy, Rumsby, anything to do with space. Today, we're going to take a little sojourn away from uh, the intelligent um, uh, sort of mind exercises that we've been giving you to do. We're going to give you some physical exercises with Becky Adam, uh, who's a sports therapist, of course, uh, based up in the, the northwest of England. Becky, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Mike. Now, you and I have spoken about this, so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that you're going to surprise me here, but um, one of the things that you do uh, is you've been coming up with devising some very interesting ways of sort of getting kids to do exercise that they can do along with their parents and making it fun as well. Tell us about it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think we know, obviously, the physical benefits of exercise. Um, I think what some people maybe don't know is that exercising can give us a really big rush of endorphins. So right. a feel-good hormone to make us feel better, which I think we're all in need of at the moment, to be honest. Well, well we are, yeah, because, I mean, yeah. the thing is, if you sit around and just watch Netflix all day and, and you know, shove food in your face and drink wine, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with it, but, you know, you might want to try and do something else <laughs> once in a while. Well, yeah, absolutely. And probably by the time we come out of lockdown, you might not be able to move after doing all of that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it has been suggested to me that I may have to be shoehorned out of my <laughs> flat because I'll just be unable to go out through the front door. But, <laughs> but you've got this great idea about um, the alphabet. Tell us about that. Yeah, so basically what, what we sort of do, so I, I should say I'm a member of a gym, um, Strength and Performance in Stockport, and the guys have been fantastic giving us sort of ideas of training to do. So basically their idea is that we don't need any fancy equipment. We don't need to take the gym home. We can just keep fit doing things around the house or just even without equipment. So this alphabet challenge was actually set by um, a disability rugby league team that I work okay. with going to Wolves. So the idea is that every letter of the alphabet has an exercise. So A might be squats, B might be press-ups, C right. might be jumping whatever jumping squats lunges right. there's all different exercises have you got enough um, i mean have you got enough exercises to fill all 26 letters we have absolutely wow some of them are repeated but right. you could make your own up and do whatever you fancy okay so the, the first challenge was simply just to spell your own name so you might do a it might take you 10 15 minutes to do that depending what the exercises are okay but you can kind of adapt it to whatever you want so obviously with us being a rugby team we did our favourite rugby team, our favourite player um, on different days. Mm. If it's for kids, you could do your favourite TV show, your favourite cartoon character, favourite right. footballers. So it's something that you can do every day. It might take you 10 to 15 minutes to do, and it's a, it's adaptable and it's fun. Really. Right, and you just do, do it differently. So do you set your own sort of exercises for the alphabet, or is there a place that somebody can go and find out what you're... Say, for example, you've set them. Yeah, so I will... Um, after. After speaking to you, I'll put this on Twitter so okay. you can all um, download it and have a look at it. Um, again, you can change the exercises, so there might be certain things you don't want to do, like burpees, for example. You might want to put something nicer in there. Right. Um, but, yeah, it just gives you a little guide of, of things that you can do. Um, right. So it's just a really useful tool to get people moving and get people active. Really. And, I mean, if you're somebody like me who doesn't really do very much exercise at all, I mean, <laughs> is there anything that you would advise that we, we sort of slip into straight, you know, slower rather than faster? Is there, somewhere, is there some sort of, a, I suppose, an entry level, I suppose, exercises? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are things that probably most of us could do, but, you know, you can take it down a level. So, 
for example, one of the exercises is a jumping squat. So right. if you're not quite up to squatting and jumping in the air, then just do the squats. It's right. still a decent movement. If you're not sure about some of them, so if you don't know what a burpee is, then maybe just add in some star jumps or do something that you do know. Right. Um, so, it's, yeah, you don't have to sort of kill yourself if you're a beginner. Um, okay. And how, like, I mean, before, how long would you have to do it for before you see some kind of benefit, you know? To be honest, I think you'd get a benefit quite quickly. I mean, if, if you're sort of very sedentary in your lifestyle, a little bit of exercise every day would certainly start to burn more calories, yeah. get you fitter, get your heart working. If you're a more experienced trainer, you might want to make it a bit harder for yourself. Mm. So that's why it kind of works for both groups. It works for adults, for kids equally, really. Right. And do kids have to be a bit careful as to what they do in terms of exerting themselves, or, or are they more flexible than we are? Well, I think they're probably a little bit more flexible. They're probably I mean, more flexible uh, than I am, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it obviously depends on their sort of level of experience. Yeah. But you know, for kids, it's it's just about getting them moving. Even if they prefer to do something different, like a bit of skipping, just mm. going on the bike, it yeah. doesn't need to be a set exercise program. It's just about getting the heart going, keeping us fit. And and obviously, you know, there's been things in the media that people are doing in the morning, morning workouts. And right. I think it just helps to focus the mind when they're actually going back to school work as well. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, also for a lot of parents who are listening to this at the moment, the struggle they've got really is kind of structuring the day. So... Even if you did it, say, for example, I don't know, 11 o'clock every morning, you spent 20 minutes, half an hour doing this, it gives them yeah. something else to put into the programme, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think the beauty of it, as I said, is that you don't need any equipment to do it. You don't need to spend any money um, ordering stuff in. You don't need to worry about that. It's just all there set out for you, and it's something that anybody can do yeah. at any level. And you can do it outside, I guess you can do it inside. You've also got some ideas about kind of transforming a space, haven't you, into a kind of an adventure, an imaginary adventure land or something. Yeah, yeah. So again, I'll, I'll credit the gym for this. I mean, we're all we're all adults in there, but we play kids' games sometimes as mm. well um, to get us warmed up. So one of the games that we've played is um, to imagine that the floor is hot lava and you're right. not allowed to stand on it. Okay. So at home you could get, say, a couple of doormats you could have your family stood on one doormat and you yeah. jump across to the next and you've got to work your way across the either the grass or the floor to the other side without touching the floor. So again, it's it's quite simple, but it's imaginative play. It gets yeah. them moving. It might get you hopping, jumping around, sort of logically trying to work out how you're going to do it. So I think it's almost going back to sort of the old school, the older days where we didn't have a lot of equipment. We just had to make up our own play. Yeah, I mean, I remember from when I was in primary school, we used to do a thing called music and movement. And it was a bit like sort of, um, yeah. not wasn't quite musical chairs, but you'd be in a hall and you'd kind of be running around and then the music would stop and you'd have to stop and then you'd have to start. You know, I mean, there's all, there's all manner yeah. of imaginary things that you can do. I think that's it. And I think sometimes with exercise now, because we've got access to social media and everything else, we see all these really high-tech things that people are doing. Yeah. But I think, actually, you just take it back to basics. Just get moving, get your heart going. You know if you're doing a bit of exercise, because you can feel that your heart rate's going, right. you might get a bit hot and sweaty. We don't need all the weights and the dumbbells and everything else that we can't access at the moment. And I think, for me, this has been keeping me going, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, could you, like, because you know how people sometimes throw medicine balls at each other. I mean, could you <laughs> recreate that by filling a bag full of, I don't know, water or something? Yeah, again, I'd, I'd credit the gym, but they've been telling us things to do. So, you know, the I guess the old one of tins of beans as dumbbells, yes. if you were starting off white. Um, we've done things like 
probably shouldn't recommend this on the radio, but running up and down with the barbecue gas canister <laughs> is a fairly decent way. Okay, all right. Got a safety catcher. Right. Um, there's things like water containers that you can fill up with different levels of water to make different weights. Yes. You might use that as a kettlebell to swing or to do some shoulder presses. Yeah, actually, even like even that. like those big litre bottles of water you could you could use, Absolutely. couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you, do so, yeah. you, are you finding it relatively easy to, to, to substitute <laughs> what you would have done in the gym then? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm sort of fairly experienced in terms of the gym, so I do lift on the, the bars and things like that. So obviously, those sorts of things I don't have. Hmm. But yeah, just making, um, I mean, we've got a few weights at home, but making some things out of like water containers, things like that. Um, I've got a punch bag, so I've been running around with that, carrying that and things. Um, I better remember that next time I see you, <laughs> so stay out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> just keeping on top of the fitness. And, and obviously, I think it's getting your head around the fact that okay, I might not go back to the gym and be able to start where I was, but at least I'm ticking over, I'm keeping something going and I'm making myself feel better. And I think it's really important because at the moment we're so aware of the things that we've lost and we can't do that I think it's really nice to be able to get out and just do something. Yeah, absolutely right. So um, what's your Twitter? So I'll I'll obviously retweet whatever it is you put out there, but for people who are looking for it. Yeah, my Twitter is at RDA therapy, or one word. Okay. Um, and if you want to have a look at what my gym's been up to, um, they are at S&P underscore gym. Okay, brilliant. Well, that's been fantastic. Becky, thank you very much indeed for the tips. I shall be um, lifting up some bottles of water later on when I get home and uh, seeing how long it takes me to get hot and sweaty. Probably not very long, I shouldn't think. But thank you very much indeed. Uh, Becky Adam, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll send out all of the stuff that she's recommending there, the alphabet uh, exercises and everything else. And it really is all about just enjoying it, I guess, and getting the, chi- getting the kids involved as well uh, and getting, uh, getting a bit of physical action going on so that you're not just lying around the whole time. Uh, this is Talk Radio. Coming up next, uh, of course, it is time for Martin Malagon and not only the Perrier Awards, but a very important statement uh, from the Spanish Paella Police. This is Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, normally at this time of the day, I would say it's 12.46, it's Friday and it's time for this, but I'm not going to say that because um, Marta Malagon is sitting looking very grumpy opposite me because she wants to make a statement uh, ahead of the Perrier Awards um, about something very important. Uh, very good afternoon to you, Marta. Good afternoon. Um, at oh 9.21am this morning, mm. the 10th of April 2020, a recipe and image appeared on the Twitter account for Mike Graham's new podcast, um, MG's Kitchen. Yes. The accounting question labelled this dish MG's Paella. After careful uh, consideration and a conference call with the International Paella Council based in Valencia, it has been established that the dish in this picture does not accord with the official definition of paella. The council has recommended that Mr Graham carries out further research and is encouraged to get acquainted with a noodle-based dish called Fidewa. Fidewa? Yes. Okay. He will find that his creation, creation I think is a bit generous, is closer to the definition of that dish than to paella, to which his creation, again, couldn't be further away. <coughs> For the avoidance of doubt, I should make it very clear that chorizo does not belong in paella. I'm sorry. And people should refer to the Spanish Chorizo Association for guidance on how to use it correctly. Finally, I regret to inform Mr Graham that he has additionally been reported to the Mediterranean Division 
of the Spanish cuisine police for crimes against paella, and a formal investigation is now underway. I will not be making any further comment. Thank you. Um, I appreciate your uh, time and uh, your uh, ex experience in the matter. Um, would it be satisfactory if I changed the name of the dish from MG's paella to MG's... Fid fid what is it? Fidewa. Fidewa. Should I, should I do that? I think that would be a step in the right direction okay. and is encouraged would, and welcomed. Would that get all of these uh, organisations off my back? Because I've got enough problems. I don't want to be chased around by these uh, food police types. I think you would still be chased by the uh, Fidewa International Council. Would they not be happy either? But the problem here is, uh, is the chorizo mainly, isn't it? Well, I like chorizo, though. Why yeah, wouldn't you put but, it in there? Yeah, well, you could also say, well, I love chorizo and I love Nutella. Why shouldn't I dip chorizo in Nutella? And it's just not right, is mm. it? Well, OK, all right. I apologise profusely and I promise never to do it again and I will hereby change the name. Also, I'll talk to my producer, Alex, uh, oh, on yeah. that particular podcast because I blame him now. It's his fault for not doing his research properly. He came up with the name and uh, I may have to give him severe disciplinary measures. Uh, meanwhile, it's time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. Well, here we are again. It is Friday. It's Good Friday, in fact. So it's time for the Good Friday Perrier Awards. I'm looking at a, a screen here that says, uh, keep calm and carry on listening. I'm not sure I can be calm after that dressing down you just gave me, Martha. I'll tell you what, it was a bit intense for me as well. Yes. I spent that about an hour writing that, yes. trying and to sound... Sounded, and you sounded very very firm and stern as well. Well, I'll tell you what, sometimes you've got to pretend a little bit, don't well, you? Well, I appreciate your time and <laughs> uh, appreciate you. your hard work of all this week as well because it's been some great shows this week. So thank, thank you so very thank much. Thank you very much for you've, all of your efforts. You've done really well as well. So I well think done. it's been great. Well, well done, everyone. I mean, every, we should say well done to Mark, we should say well done to Con, everyone, really. Gabriella as well. Gabriella has been here as well. It's been yeah. great. Tremendous. Yeah. I think everyone except Alex uh, has done a good work. Yeah, he's in trouble. This week. Oh, yeah. definitely. Anyway, welcome to the Paradox. Thank you very much this indeed. This is where we look back over the uh, past week of the so-called... So-called. So-called. Independent Republic of My Grandma on Talk Radio and choose a favourite moment. Um, as it's tradition, the first pair goes to you and this one is for making up the word of the week. Yesterday we had a fantastic guy called Greg Smy Rumsby on who's a, an astronomist. Astronomist? Astronomer. <laughs> astronomer. An yeah. astronomer. I don't know what astronomist is. What is an astronomist? It, I quite it, like it isn't it. anything. Yeah, I quite I like it. I looked it up and, and it said astronomist. Oh, you might mean astronomer. No. So it's, that's what uh, I did it's mean, not a enough. thing. Okay. Anyway, former Conservative MP in front of the show, Nick de Bois, joined us earlier in the week and he had a bit of a fragile moment at one point. And however, you gave him the harsh comment of the week. Well, I, I must tell you, and by the way, this husky voice, it, uh, please don't read it's anything not, into it. It's not doing it. it for me, I'm afraid. You know, if, if you're looking for any sort of sympathy, you're not going to get any from me. <laughs> That's a bit Thanks, harsh, babe. really, when you play it back, isn't it? It also sounded very harsh when you heard it when I heard it for yes, the first time. Yes, I suppose so. I kind of went the wrong way with it. I meant to mean it wasn't doing anything for me like as a sort of sexy husky voice, but it sort of turned into I didn't have any sympathy <laughs> for him either. <laughs> I don't know what to say to No, that. OK. So it feels like uh, this is a good time to announce that I have promoted myself. I am now the Chief Constable of the Independent Republic Excellent. of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. That's what we need. And my second decision, because my first one has been to report you to the um, Paya Police, <laughs> the first one is to issue you with a £75 penalty notice. Goodness. For something that not only you've done it once this week, mm. you've done it twice. Twice. 
and it's for littering the studio. See the word guardian and it yeah. makes them feel quite... In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rip it up. I'm oh. going to rip the guardian up right oh, now, dear. live on the radio. <laughs> it's absolute rubbish. I mean, even if, if, if I was editing it, I'd say to them, for God's sake, get some MP. I don't care how far back on the back benches the MP is. I don't care. I'm just absolutely not going to stand for this unless you get me a quote from someone who says, we're worried about a power vacuum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you can hear it land on the floor, you know, and mm, then last half a second of yes, the yeah. Yes, and and actually, it looks amazing flying at the camera as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I've got to say, I quite enjoy that. Yeah, I did. But I didn't enjoy having to pick it up. From no. The, uh... Well, you didn't have to do that. I know, I know, but someone I mean, has I would to have in done the it. end. Yeah, I know I, you. I would have. have done it. To be fair, I know you would have, but mm. you know, I just thought I'm just going to put this in the recycling yes. bin. Yes, just chuck it away. Yeah. Some anyway, people suggested making a cat litter out of it. Yeah, if you've got cat. Yeah, I have But we don't have cats here, do no, we? No, not allowed. No. Health and, and safety. And we can't be getting any cats just so we no, can use this no, now. No, that's true. That would be, that'd be really no. weird, wouldn't it? Um, anyway, uh, payment should be uh, made directly into my bank account. Thank you very much. Uh, and, you know, if it could be before the end of the month, I'd yes, be really grateful. Yes, I'll see what I can do. Thank you very much. Former Brexit Party MEP Alex Phillips joined us yesterday to have a chat about how she's coping with a lockdown and to try to get you to start doing yoga. Yes. How's that going? Uh, not well. No? I didn't do any yesterday. Well, you should try today. Well, I'm going to try lifting a bottle of water. That's my new thing. That sounds like more my speed. You know, there's a thing called uh, whiny yoga. Is there? Yes. Okay. So I'm not quite sure what it is because I'm really scared of trying it. I don't it. think you should do yoga while drunk, should you? No, I don't think you get drunk. I think it's about sipping every now and again. Sorry? To keep <laughs> sipping. <laughs> What are you talking about? about you Why would you drink if you're not going to get drunk? Well, no, because you drink a little bit every okay. now and again. Right. So you're not too drunk. I've heard drunk, of this. But um, I might have to give it a go because I'm doing normal yoga with right. like YouTube videos yes. pretty much every day. Okay. But I'm scared of trying this kind of wine yoga because yeah. it might get out of it could. control. Yes, it might not be We're good. We're not quite there mm. yet. But so, anyway, uh, yeah. Alex, uh, she won a Perrier Award for the Humble Brack of the Week. If it wasn't for Luxembourg, it would be the strangest uh, um, country in Europe. Well, yeah, quite. <laughs> you know, I used to date the um, Crown Prince of Luxembourg. Did He's going to run that country soon. I know. Right. Yeah. Do. Crown do. Prince of Luxembourg. Well. I wonder where he is now. I wonder if he's regretting that it never went anywhere. Probably. Mm. I mean... Sorry, Alex. Form. Anyway, it's time to get people what they want. Yes. Please, dear listener, enjoy this week's compilation of Mike's Meghan Markle impressions. We're taking another break. We're taking a break because we're so tired from doing nothing at all for months and months. We moved to California. It's beautiful. Nobody asks how I am. Nobody. Nobody's asked. It's going to be called Archie Well. It aims to do something that matters. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, dear. It, it, it doesn't end, this, does it? It doesn't end, and people keep asking for it. I know. I'm is... I, well, yesterday, right, I came out of the show and I'd forgotten to do one, so, mm -hmm. so Gareth very kindly reminded me that I could just do it outside, so I did, yeah. a, I did an extra one. If you haven't seen it, it's on Twitter um, from yesterday. It wasn't in the show. Benedict Spence, freelance journalist we've spoken to before on the show, he's asking for you to do your Greta impression next. So. How dare you? There you go. There you go, Benedict. There you go, Benedict. Thanks for playing. How dare you? <laughs> Call her Daddy You have stolen my childhood. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean Sorry. to interrupt the whole, Sorry. The whole go thing. Ahead. Um, call her, Daniel. Oh, can I tell you just very quickly? Yeah. I saw a meme yesterday, which I didn't send you because mm. I forgot. Right. So you know how uh, dolphins are back in Venice and, and oh, things yeah, like that? Oh, yeah, apparently, yeah. Right. So there was like, oh, dolphins are back in Venice because of coronavirus. Right. 
And it says, meanwhile, in Swedish schools, and there's a picture of Greta actually at school. <laughs> Was really funny. That is funny. I like that. Send it to me. I want to I see will. it. I will. I will. Right. Uh, caller Daniel and Epson makes it into this week's Perry Awards for providing the brutally honest comment of the week. Mike, how are you, Chief? Very well, sir. How are you doing? I'm stuck at home with three kids and no work, so not very good. <laughs> well, at least he's, he's honest, got a point. as you say. He's very honest. Yes. And we're running out of time, so right. I was going to play a Perry from breakfast, but I'm not going to do that. OK. I'm going to tell you what it was instead. Okay. Uh, Julia this morning has some technical issues because she switched off the Wi-Fi accidentally yeah. and, and, and couldn't get on air on time. <laughs> so James Bach has had to fill for a little bit. Uh, I might include it in the podcast as a bonus at yes. the end. Okay. Uh, so you can listen to it. Right. Uh, but, you know, speaking of technical issues, we've had our own on this show. Here's the mystery of the week. Because so many people are going to be sick and all the people that went to the Mardi Gras have flown back to their communities in different parts of America and are currently spreading the virus. Wait. Are you still there? No. Where's Peter gone? Let's try and get him back because uh, we haven't finished yet. Not quite sure what happened. I'm not saying it kills the virus, but once it's out in the open, like you're coughing, the, the, the light... Oh, do you know what's happened? It's 12.18. <laughs> this is so weird. Every day. We've gone again. This is amazing. You could not make this up, I tell you. Every day, 12.18, phone box shuts down. That's the system we use to get the calls in. The system in. to get the calls in. What is in. going on? I don't know. It's been raised with engineering. It's yes. been raised with a company that made phone box yes. and no one can provide an explanation. It's so bizarre. So it's like the just... Bermuda Triangle. Well, yes. So I'm just going to say our apologies for yes. any time this happens again in the future because it's going to happen again. So uh, sorry about that. Well, now what we're trying to do is get out of the conversation before 12.18. Yes. It's like having one of those terrible kind of guillotines on your time. Yes. I look up and I go, huh, 12.17, <laughs> better stop the conversation immediately. Yes. So, you know, keep listening for yes. developments. Anyway, that's all for the Perry Awards. There'll Brilliant. be more next Thank week. Thank you very much. The Perry Awards on Talk Radio. Uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, technological issues mean that we haven't quite got uh, Julia Hartley Brewer yet. However, we will be uh, bringing her as soon as we can. Uh, and, of course, if you want to join that conversation, you can do so. Right. Uh, we're going to be uh, picking out the... Um... Oh, no. Good. Excellent. The technology is working. I can say good morning to Julia Hartley Brewer. Wow. <laughs> good morning that, that to was you. A, that was a close run thing. Nearly I got my dream come true. You... <laughs> I thought your dream come true would be get home and start on the Easter eggs early. That's what we've been planning to do on Good Friday. You're very kind to stay on. I do apologise. Um, there seems to have been a, uh, a, a, something that had unclicked itself. But I'm, I'm sure my husband was delighted that I just woke him up a minute ago, just before I worked out what had gone wrong. So that went down well. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.